Hey, yo, what's good? Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jay Shad, the podcast. On this podcast, I, Jessica Shadden, will be inviting my friends and family to be keeping it real and honest with you about combos, about anything and everything. On the, today's podcast episode, I will be having my first podcast guest, the Callie Bourne. Y'all, I'm so excited about this conversation as we will be talking about fandoms. Anything from Harry Potter to Twilight to even the definition of fandom, we'll be talking about it all. So grab your headphones, your aux cord, some coffee, and join with me as I keep it real. Listen to Keeping It Real with Jay Shad on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Happy listening! what's good welcome back to keeping it real with jay shad i'm so glad that you have stuck around to listen to a second episode of this and if this is your first episode welcome you are welcome here and i am so excited for you to listen to this podcast episode today on the podcast we have an extraordinary human her name is callie Bourne. me and her went to camp together and seriously is the poster child for Enneagram for week five and probably the most knowledgeable person ever. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Welcome to the show, Callie. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I literally, it feels so good to hear your voice, even though we just talked two seconds ago. But (laughs) so Callie, we're going to start off. How do you know me slash like Tell us the story about the first time we met, first time impressions, all that kind of stuff, because it's truly amazing. Yeah, this is one of my favorite stories to tell, just in general. So yeah, I'm sure you already mentioned we met through Generate, so we worked at camp together. Our first day of all of the staff being together, we got together in the morning at this church, and it was kind of chaotic because I had come early with my ride and had been helping set everything up and people were arriving one by one and each time a person arrived that had worked the summer before there was like a bunch of screaming and not not a lot of clarity and then people running and hugging and it was kind of crazy as a new person and so then I was just kind of like standing around trying to meet one person at a time I'm super introverted, so I don't usually approach the groups. I approach the people that are standing slightly outside of the groups. And it just so happened that you were one of those people kind of standing off by yourself. So I just, I think this isn't a great approach to life, but I think I just went and stood near you and waited for you to talk to me. All the introverts out there know what I'm talking about. This is a move that we do to try to be involved without being that involved. And you, being the not-at-all-introverted person that you are, immediately struck up a super excited conversation, just like half yelling, half talking about all of the basic get-to-know-you questions, and you were talking really fast, and I was just kind of mouth-breathing a little bit, trying to figure out what was going on, and... Yeah, I think, I think it's okay for me to say this because I've told you before, but my first impression of you was, man, this ain't it. <laughs> We're not going to be friends. This girl is too much for me. I was just trying to keep up. But I think you were probably thinking the same thing, going the opposite direction. Like, man, is this girl ever going to contribute to this conversation? <laughs> and 
I feel like over the course of our friendship, we've definitely worked to meet in the middle, and you've definitely brought me up to a new speed of conversation when we hang out. But yeah, it's so crazy to me. We've been friends for a while now, I think. Like a year and a quarter? Yeah, it was more than a year. I was trying to figure out how much more than a year, but I'm not good at math. Or, nor do I really know what month it is because 2020 <laughs> is wild like that. But yeah, we've been we've been keeping it up. We've done some vacations together. We've gone on all kinds of adventures, and I'm I'm not sick of you yet. So my first impression hey. was not accurate. Yeah, and I me and Callie joke about this all the time because for me, my first impression of Callie was, oh my goodness we're gonna be best friends <laughs> she, i think she's the coolest human being ever and i think we had a conversation oh my gosh like, what was your first impression of me and i like said this super nice thing of like oh my gosh i thought you were so cool and i wanted to be your best friend and then <laughs> like t- for her to turn it back around and be like i didn't want to be your friend i was in an urn as kelly born would say Y'all, she coined that term. That is not a Jay Shad original. That is a Callie Bourne original. So you're, you know, talking to a celebrity, I guess you could say. <laughs> it's that it's that grounds for celebrity that I coined in an urn. Yes. Oh, one hundred percent. I say that all the time and people are like, That's so funny. Did you come up with that? And all the time Oh no, fam, that's not me. That's my girl Callie Bourne. So you are, I mean, you're, that's the, I've never heard anybody else say that term, except you. Well, I, I feel like I should tell you the origin story of it, because I invented it on accident. Oh, shoot. It's like, it's not an expression that I know of. I mean, maybe it's one of those things, that, like, I heard it a long time ago, and then I just forgot about it, but, you know, this was back in the the early 2010s when Twitter culture became a thing and everybody said super dark things, but we all thought it was funny. And one of those was replacing like, oh, that's really funny with, oh, I'm dead or I'm dying. One time I was talking to some friends and I don't remember, I think someone brought up something embarrassing that I had done and I was trying to communicate that, that sentiment of, oh, I'm dead, but I wanted to take it a step further and I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth this is something you've already told the story of me straight up telling you that I didn't like you when we first met this is something people should know about me when I open my mouth words just like come out and I don't think I I just was telling my friend yesterday I don't think before during or after I speak what happened is I opened my mouth to say whatever came out that was an intensified version of I'm dead and I'm in an urn is what just fell out of my mouth. And I was like, wow, that's a really good description. Cause like, not only am I dead, but like now I have been cremated and put in a nice little ceramic jar. And that, that definitely is more intense of an expression of that feeling than I'm dead. But all my friends, when I first said it, everybody was like, is this an expression that I should know about? what are you talking about? And we all ended up just laughing about it because of course that's not an expression, but now it kind of is. It's kind of taken off. No, and now there's a purpose to the urn emoji, 
when else will you use the urn emoji than I'm in an urn, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've always laughed about the existence of that emoji. Because you wouldn't be telling your friends that you just got back from a funeral, add on an urn emoji. Like, that, that would not be a good context for emoji usage at all. So, yeah, you're right. Now there's a purpose for the urn emoji. Callie, also, give us a brief, before we get into our conversation of today, give us a little brief Insta bio. Your school, your year, your major, anything that you want people to know about you and that you would put on your Instagram bio. Yeah, sure. So we've already established at this point that my name is Callie Boren. I'm a senior at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. I'm a university scholar, which I always have to take a second to explain that to people. That is a major where you combine, generally people do two to four disciplines that we call concentrations, and it's essentially the same as minoring in all of those, but then there's a separate core requirement. So all of that to say, I study communication disorders, neuroscience, and medical humanities all at the same time. So I'll be graduating in May with that degree, and the plan is to go to graduate school and do a doctor of audiology because I'm super fascinated by hearing loss, so that's kind of the area where I want to work. I mean, the only other thing that's ever in my Insta bio is there's usually a C.S. Lewis quote in there. The current quote in my Insta bio is, we are mirrors whose brightness, if we are bright, is a reflection of the sun that shines on us. And I just think that that is a great thing. It's literally hanging on my mirror. It's what I look at every morning. And I think that sums up who I aspire to be, at least. So I think it's important to also, before we get started, every Keeping It Real with Jay Shad, I wanted to ask a question to the guest to just get things stirring a little bit. You know, this is called Keeping It Real with Jay Shad, so we want to be real and honest as possible. And I went through a lot of different questions that could be the Keeping It Real with Jay Shad question, but I landed on this one only because, for the most part, you can tell the person's passions about the randomest things in this question. So, Callie, what is your biggest hot take? That is a really good question. I feel like I am the embodiment of a hot take because I just get passionate about those random things. One that has recently come up in conversation is ice should not be in beverages. Ice does not belong in drinks. It ruins them. When you, when you pour yourself a glass of whatever it is you like to drink, let's say Dr. Pepper, because I know me and you love us with Dr. Pepper. Mm. So if you just pour yourself a Dr. Pepper, you would not ever take that glass of Dr. Pepper that you just poured and walk over to your sink and just run some water into it to water it down. Because that would be weird, and it would make it taste gross. And yet... We put ice in our beverages. We just take some water and throw it in our drink, and it makes it a little bit colder, but not that much colder, and then it slowly melts, and it slowly ruins the flavor and experience of drinking whatever you're drinking. So ice can go in water because you can't water down water, but no other beverage should have ice in it. That is That's my hot take. Shoot. That's Maybe a- it's a cold take. 
That is a, I mean, lol, it's a cold take. I'm dead. No, I cannot. Because me, this is what I do, is I drink the beverage usually as fast as possible. So then I can enjoy the ice. Because I'll chew ice. Because the ice, you know, if it's that sonic ice, like the pellet ice, that stuff slaps. That's interesting. Anytime you go to a restaurant, you're a uh, Dr. Pepper, no ice. Right. At the very most, I'll order easy ice. Like if it's really hot outside, I'll get some easy ice. Just because I don't, I don't want to be drinking a room temperature drink if it's really hot. Now, if it's if we're in a room temperature setting, I will drink a drink room temperature and have no problem with that. So I'm not even super into cold drinks but if it must be cold then that's why we invented refrigerators and you can also use ice to ice things down and have it be outside a drink i remember when you came to visit me you were do you have any ice but like before you even finished asking me you were already opening my freezer because one would assume there would be ice in there but i don't i don't keep ice at home because i don't like it I'm appalled by this hot take. But, I mean, again, you're being real and honest with us, which is the point of this question. I was going to say, did I keep it too real? No, you kept it. You kept it real, Kelly. Keeping it real with Kelly (laughs) Boren. Dead. Well, folks, today in this conversation with Kelly, we are going to be talking about all things fandom. Now, you may be wondering, hey, what, what is a fandom? And... We have to start with this clarifying question of fan versus fandom. For me, at least, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm a stand on Pirates of the Caribbean. I think they're great movies. And I'm a fan of them, but I'm not necessarily a part of the fandom. Callie, tell us your take on this fan versus fandom. And what is the main difference in this? Really, to me, it comes down to a difference between an individual identity and a cultural identity. If you are a fan of something, then that means that you personally enjoy it. I mean, it's like you just said with Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, if that is on the TV, that's what we're watching. And if you're having a movie night, that's going to be on the list. But you don't necessarily step outside of yourself with your love of that movie or that thing you can like have conversations about it and still just be a fan but where we get into fandoms is a fandom is a culture surrounding any particular thing so you take your love and your passion for it and it becomes what you talk about or what you put on your social media or maybe some people that are in fandoms do fan art or they will dress up and do cosplay or things like that. So where where a fan becomes a member of a fandom is where they participate in or maybe even form a culture surrounding the thing that they are a fan of. Mm, that's a good word. So now that we kind of clarify on what a fandom is, there's various different types of fandoms. This could be Harry Potter, Glee, Twilight, One Tree Hill, Star Wars. This could be anything and everything. We're just going to be doing kind of a highlight, 
if you will, of each of these fandoms, our favorite fandoms, what it feels like when you're not a part of one. Let's start off with maybe our each of our favorite fandoms. Callie, for you, what is your favorite fandom that you have been a part of? Yeah, that's a good question. I almost hesitate to answer because when you're part of any fandom, you want that to be the thing that connects you to other people. So it's hard to pick a favorite without excluding a really important one. But for me, I would say if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be the Harry Potter fandom. And I have a particular reason for that. I think that there are some fandoms that are particularly exclusive. Like if you don't have a certain level of knowledge or a certain background, then you can't really belong to it. But I think something that's really cool about being a Potterhead is you can do that at any level that you choose. It can vary. Some people that claim to belong to the Harry Potter fandom have never even read the books. And that's a little bit scandalous, especially if you encounter a really big Harry Potter fan. But if you have only ever seen the movies, but you really love them and you will celebrate National Harry Potter Day or you have your robes from whatever house you're in or you've been on Pottermore, then you're absolutely a part of that fandom. And another thing I love about it is how global it is. There are some fandoms, again, that are so exclusive that you you won't find people everywhere that are part of it. But if you walk into a room and you don't know how to start a conversation and you just throw out, what Hogwarts house are you in? Like, the majority of people in the room are gonna know. Or at least know what you're talking about if they don't have an answer to your question. And since, like I said, I emphasize that fandoms are all about culture, I think that the Harry Potter fandom does a particularly good job of creating a culture that people love to be a part of. And it's just fun to be a Harry Potter fan. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I was gonna say Harry Potter, being a part of the Harry Potter fandom is probably my favorite. For the longest time, I just watched the movies. I've never read the books until this year I started reading them. And it just adds a whole new fond appreciation. to One, to the Harry Potter films. And two, to the fandom too. Because you realize, oh my gosh, like this is another layer of of the fandom that you're dang I really didn't understand like what the big whoop was about these books and yeah those boys be thick with three cues however comma they're so good I just can't and I'd love Harry Potter and love his friends and it's so relatable I think that's why I love it so much a lot of these fandoms you're like okay that would never happen in a million years in the real world twilight for example you wouldn't be catching a vampire out and about but well you definitely wouldn't be catching a vampire out and about because they're really fast i mean that too (laughs) i don't know you just feel you're a part of something too because you know you can do a pottermore quiz seeing oh am i a gryffindor am i a slytherin you feel like you're a part of it and that you bond with these people yeah i would just say this is true of part of the reason that we become fans and we become a part of fandoms is this idea 
this is not an original idea for me, but it's something that I've thought about quite a bit. We love stories. Human beings are just designed to crave stories and to love them. And as far back as recorded human history goes, we've had storytelling, and we have a pretty good understanding that before human history was recorded, it was kept through storytelling. I have a particular guess as to why that is. Um, For me, as a Christian, the reason is because we are a part of a great story, capital G and a capital S. Um, And that's, I mean, the story of the Bible from creation to the fall to redemption in Christ to the restoration that is even at work. We are a part of this great narrative that's a true narrative where God created his people and loves his people um, and his people failed him and he rescues them over and over again. Um, the, the classic knight in shining armor story because that's the story we're in. And so even when you don't consciously relate to it, you do. You love stories that reflect that. There's a reason that we like it better when the good guy wins. It's because in the real story that we're a part of, the good guy wins. Mm. And we like to see that reflected in the art that we take in. To develop a fandom is, or to be a part of a fandom is a step beyond that because you're just finding other people who love the same story that you love. And you're saying, hey, we can share in this love together. And that's what friendship really is. It's a common love. And a common love of something that's not so common feels even more powerful and more meaningful. And I think that's part of the reason why fandoms exist to the extent that they do. Mm. Dang, you just preached the word, Kelly Warren. We we said we were going to keep it real. Yeah, we... (laughs) We keeping it real all the time. Obviously, we would not have we would we could honestly spend hours upon hours on so many fandoms. I know for me and Callie, we are both very passionate about certain kind certain kinds of fandoms, and we're just gonna do little snippets of them. But there is one in particular we wanted to talk about because we have a certain idea about this these movies I should say and it's the Twilight films now I had never seen the Twilight movies until August when I was quarantined and Callie told me before that I watched the Twilight movies I need to view it in the lens of that it's a comedy that it's not something super serious and this romantic things but looking at it as a comedy and I mean, I was dying laughing at some points. I just cannot. Kelly, I want you, tell me your thoughts about these movies or maybe certain moments that you're like, that is hilarious. Yeah, I think we're going to have to put a spoiler alert in effect. Oh, yeah. By the way, we are spoil alert but also it came out a bazillion years ago so if you haven't watched by now people haven't seen it by now it's because they've been working hard not to see it exactly they've been out for years that's not a spoiler alert well and i can tell you from firsthand experience that if you want to cram them in real quick you can easily watch all five in one day i have definitely done that before and 
I used to not be proud of it, but at this point, you know, it's the world we're living in. It's okay. Yeah, but in answer to your question, um, I think to sum it all up, moments in Breaking Dawn Part 2. Yes, when, let's just go straight well, to Breaking Dawn Part 2, because that moments. is yeah, where the funny to, moments We are. have to start with the end, because this embodies why I had to give you that warning about how to watch the moment that I'm talking about is when Aro and Carlisle jump at each other and then suddenly you're looking at Carlisle detached from his body and you're thinking there is only one character in this whole franchise who has not annoyed me a single time and he's dead. The, the embodiment of goodness and the guy who could take himself seriously without looking like an idiot is dead. And so you feel really sad about that. And then you proceed to watch, I don't even know how long this scene is, but you proceed to watch everybody that you love die. I mean, you've got Seth, the little baby werewolf dying and his sister being really sad about it. And just everybody essentially gets their off. And you're thinking, man, what a way to go. We had, we had five movies. We got a ton of great character development and all this stuff, and now the movie's going to end with everybody dying. But then the moment where Alice and Aro are, like, staring into each other's eyes and flashes out of that, and you realize that none of what you just watched was real, and you just watched, like, a 30-minute battle scene that didn't happen, that sums up Twilight for me. Like, oh, the okay. most action-y, important, serious scene in the whole franchise didn't really happen but you know that's where they spent most of their time with special effects and animation and budget was on that scene that just wasn't even real yeah they spent about 30 minutes these movies are like what two hours long and they only spend 30 minutes on this intense scene that is that is twilight wow the hour and 30 minutes of this movie it's all right, but then there was that 30 minutes of action, and it, that was great. But then it was a hallucination. Also, when we talk about the distribution of timing of things, if you took out every super long dramatic sigh that Kristen Stewart did, you probably could have condensed it into, like, two movies tops. Because pretty much every time she's about to deliver a line, she starts with... <sighs> Literally, though! And... So, and I, that is not a knock on Kristen Stewart's acting. I read, I'm not a great Twilight fan. I only ever read the first book. But really, the character of Bella was a great character for Kristen Stewart to play because that really seems who she is. Oh, yeah. But it's just, it's one of those things that you just can't take seriously. I mean, if you take the romance of Edward and Bella seriously, they're the worst couple in history. Oh, they're yeah. so bad for each other, and they're bad to each other, and they just are not good at loving each other well. So if that's your idealized romance, then see a specialist, because that's not that's not how love should be. Not only because there are vampires involved, but also because that's just not what love looks like. And then you have a baby with a seed of a, like, 14-year-old actress who then grows and proceeds to have the same CGI face. When we get that presentation of the possibilities, 
if it's a boy, if it's a girl scene, you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, if it's a boy, Edward Jacob. And if it's a girl, Renesme. <laughs> like, what in the world? You could have just been like Ed, but instead you're Renesme. He would name it like Bella, you know? Because she's naming the boy Edward. <laughs> Like, why don't women name their children after themselves? But two important men in her life, so she wanted to name him after both men if it was going to be a boy, so she gave a first and middle name. But then she wanted to name her daughter after the two important women in her life, and she just smashed them together into the first name. Does Renesme have a middle name? We don't even know. Oh, we, apparently she does. It's Charlie. Charlie as in Bella's dad. Yes. Uh, okay, that's okay. That's that's, cute. that's a little more. Acceptable. But Renesme? it has to be more efficient with the first name to keep that middle name. Well, I get it. Not only like does this poor character it truly does not have a baby face at all. It just has a grown face no. when it's not even a year old. When she's born, like when they're holding her when she's an infant, they CGI make him people's face onto that baby. It's really the scariest creature in the franchise to me. There are vampires and werewolves and scary biker dudes. Like, there's a little bit of everything. And the scariest creature in that whole franchise to me is CGI baby. Oh, 100%. The thing that also gets me the most in the Twilight movies is that Jacob imprints on Renesmee. And... If you haven't seen the movies, all werewolves go through this imprinting phase. And you they imprint on one person. And usually it's a significant other. Like someone they're married to or someone they're in love with. And you don't necessarily choose who you imprint. It just happens. What happened is that Jacob sees Renesmee for the first time as a baby. And imprints on her and it's kind of creepy like you think oh like that's sweet he's protecting her there's that but also you think in the back of your head now that's creepy dog because you basically saying i'm in love with this baby yeah it's super weird he basically fell in love with a baby but here's the thing about imprinting is that that is real Imprinting is real. You can you can learn about it if you study psychology. Particularly in animal psychology, we use that term. But it happens, too, in a way, with mothers and their children. And it actually is, in the real world, understanding of imprinting, parent-offspring relationship. Mm. So, really, I mean, if he had just purely imprinted in that sense, then it would have been okay, because it would have been like, I will be like a dad or a big brother to you. But since throughout the rest of the movies and starting the conversation very early on in our meeting of Jacob, it seems that imprinting in this franchise is a romantic happening. For them to then turn that around is just a little creepy. You're right. But... We've sat and talked about all the things that are wrong with Twilight, and I want to come back around to the point that there is such a thing as a movie or a TV show or any other form of art 
that it's bad, it's good. And those are very typical candidates for the development of fandoms. Um, an example of that, by definition, is a cult classic or a cult film, which I know when I first introduced that term to you, you were like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. So for those who don't know what that is, that is particularly a movie is usually what we're talking about that has developed a fandom that is so intense that it could be classified as a cult. Basically just really, really loyal followers who are very familiar with the movie, probably people that can quote it all the way through, dress up like the characters, know all of the information about the development of the movie, have regular watch parties or reenactments of it. There are some well-known examples of that. Um, Originally, a cult classic had to be a movie that didn't particularly do well in the box office or wasn't mainstream. So a classic example a lot of people know of is like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is a movie that was not very popular, but the people that know it and love it have a very, very loyal following of it. And you'll hear of people doing reenactments of it and It's just very well-loved by a very small few. In more recent years, we've had what we call cult blockbusters. And an example of that would be Mean Girls. We just recently had October 3rd, which is unofficially National Mean Girls Day. Mm. And for those that have seen the movie enough times or are part of that fandom, you know it's because on October 3rd, Erin asks Katie what day it is. And she says, it's October 3rd. And that's one of their great interactions with each other. So there are movies now that are, they were popular in the mainstream and they were well-received. And still they have this super loyal, intense fan following. And it might be because the movie was just so good or so relatable that a lot of people really deeply loved it. But it could just as easily be that the movie was so bad and just so far from what it was supposed to be, that people love it for that reason. And I say all of that to bring it back around to the Twilight fandom. People that love Twilight still, I mean, when it was popular and it was coming out in theaters, it was a bunch of tween and teen girls going to see the movies. But now, the people that love it are the people that are on the internet making fun of it but you have to know something really well to properly make fun of it. Even though, like, they hate it, they love it deep down inside. Yeah. I think, yeah, there are so many things in life where that is true. I know a lot of people who would say that about Taylor Swift. We love her unironically. Some people love her ironically. It's okay, though, because at the end of the day, we all love her. You know, that was my... uh, backup plan for my hot take is that there's no such thing as someone who doesn't love Taylor Swift. Mm. But that's not really to the point of what we're talking about. That's just something that I believe to be true. So we can discuss that another time. I think we probably need to have a whole episode where we just talk about Taylor Swift. Oh, girl. We, me and one of my friends are having an episode where we talk about Taylor Swift. Be looking forward to that. But we will definitely be having some follow-up conversations about Taylor Swift. Because the people of the pod know. Taylor Swift is a... Wow. What a woman. Amen. (laughs) 
Well, I think that just wraps up our conversation, but I wanted to say thank you so much, Callie, for just coming in and just sharing all your wisdom. Callie is a friend of the pod, and y'all, she is so great. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with her, and be looking forward to more conversations with Callie about various different topics. Hey, we may pick up on another fandom later down the road, but Callie is one of our dear friends. So, you know, go follow her on Instagram. I think it's, is it at Callie Boren on Instagram? Question mark? Callie underscore Boren. There we go. Callie underscore Boren. Follow her on Instagram and show her some love. Also, be sure to share this podcast with your friends. If you love it just as much as I do, just, you know, hit that little share and share it with a friend or even listen to it with a friend. Also, I would love it if you could leave a little review on Apple Podcasts, you know, say, hey, I love this podcast. Give it a little five star. Do whatever you need to do. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram at jshad underscore. And we will talk to you so soon. Deuces. Deuces.